Hello, and welcome to the Kinepic Knowledge Base podcast. I'm Sabol Choshvat. And I'm Christian Segeti. We are the CEOs and co-founders here at Kinepic, and every month we are going to be welcoming guests from within lots of different aspects of medicine to talk with us about best practices and new innovations in the industry. Today, we are welcoming Viktor Oryas from the Semmelweis University, who is an experienced researcher in medical imaging. Hello, Viktor, and welcome. In this podcast, we discuss with Viktor Oryash two papers that validate the use of a new imaging technology to support catheter-aided interventions in patients with iodine allergy or weak kidney function. Viktor, you played an important role in several initial clinical validation studies of the Kinepic BVA technology. One of these is about using CO2 as contrast agent in X-ray angiography. We know that iodinated contrast agents are quite broadly used. So why would you use CO2? First of all, carbon dioxide is an easy to access and relatively cheap uh, compared to iodinated contrast agents. It has high solubility, low viscosity, buoyancy, and compressibility. Most of these features make it an ideal and with the relevant safety precautions, relatively risk-free negative contrast agent, an alternative to iodinated contrast agent in X-ray angiography. Another advantage, is that it lacks renal toxicity and allergic potential. Therefore, it is preferred to be used in patients with renal failure or known iodine or other contrast agent related allergy. CO2 is also a viable alternative or complementary asset in procedures where large volumes of contrast medium is expected to be used, for example, complex endovascular procedures. So if this is so nice, why did then CO2 not replace yet the iodinated contrast agents entirely? Well, of course, using CO2 has its own disadvantages, but the cath lab practice is aware of them, fortunately. CO2 creates negative contrast to the surrounding tissue by replacing blood in the vascular lumen. Whilst this is the exploited effect in imaging, it is also the core of all disadvantages in practice. Ischemia is an unfavorable feature in the cerebral or coronary circulation, and besides that, CO2 has a known neurotoxic and arrhythmogenic effect. Therefore, the core principle is that it should not be used in the thoracic aorta, the coronary artery, and the cerebral circulation. It is also a common view or experience that the image quality of CO2 angiography is worse than that of the procedures utilizing iodinated contrast agents. Due to the physical properties of CO2, it is indeed harder to reach comparably good image quality with angiography systems that are optimized to iodinated contrast agent usage. I see. So in what regions of the body could CO2 be used successfully? Apart from the previously mentioned regions, CO2 is safe to guide endovascular interventions and X-ray angiography on the arterial side below the diaphragm, in the lower extremities, and in the venous circulation of the upper extremity. It is also frequently used in bleeding detection, renal transplant arteriography, portal vein visualization, endovascular aneurysm repair, and in the diagnosis of failing dialysis fistulas. So based on this, what patient groups do you think could benefit most of replacing iodinated contrast agents with CO2? Well, whenever this question comes up, the most mentioned comorbidities are renal failure and known iodine allergy. But I think it is also important to mention that it is hard to quantify or predict in advance how much iodinated contrast agent is tolerable, tolerable by vulnerable patients, for example, the elderly or the diabetic patient population. So I believe that these patients' population are also worthy to mention when this question comes up. So when you started your study on DVA, why did you expect that DVA could help the CO2 users? As previously mentioned shortly, 
The image processing algorithms or angiography systems are optimized to the usage of iodinated contrast agent. Before the CO2 study, it had been proven that DVA provides better contrast to noise ratio when using ionated contrast medium, and our team hypothesized that taking advantage of this quality reserve may result in significantly better image quality in CO2 angiography. That can potentially be translated into higher diagnostic precision in practice. I see. So when you designed your um, clinical study, what type of interventions in patients or patients groups did you involve in the study? We prospectively in enrolled 24 patients undergoing lower limb CO2 angiography and intervention due to symptomatic lower limb peripheral arterial disease at two clinical centers, the Heart and Vascular Center of Semmelweis University Budapest and the Bacskishkun County Hospital in Kecskemé. The diagnostic and interventional protocol was standard, therefore similar at both clinical centers, but the image acquisition instruments and protocols were different, which allowed us to investigate DVA in different settings and different angiography systems. I see here the image quality had a central role, but image quality is not, not easy to assay um, always. So how did you assay the image quality in this study? Yeah, it is indeed something that is worth mentioning that uh, contrast to noise ratio was the main element that we used in this case. Contrast to noise ratio of uh, digital subtraction and geography DSA and DVA images were calculated as an objective assessment of image quality. And the visual subjective quality of DSA and DVA images were compared by independent clinicians who filled out an online questionnaire. The same specialists also evaluated in a random and blinded manner the individual DSA and DVA images on a five grade scale ranging from poor to outstanding image quality. Itt, um, bocsánat, fejtem egy szünetet, hogy kivágható legyen. Bocs, Júli, hogy itt munkát adunk neked a vágással, de itt volt még két kérdés, Viktor, hogy, hogy how did you measure the contrast to noise ratio? Ezeket tegyem fel? Igen. Okay. Jó, valóban megváltozott. Akkor, akkor jövök. Oké. Okay. So how did you measure then um, the contrast to noise ratio? This ratio was determined by manually selecting intravascular and perivascular regions of interest on the generated images. We compared the quantitative performance of DVA with existing DSA calculation methods available from the scientific literature of medical image processing. Two types of DSA images were calculated. One type was the so-called sum DSA based on the reference standard mask subtraction method and some of the images from the subtracted series. The other type was the max DSA. This is the maximum intensity projection images calculated from the DSA series. The pixel value of max DSA is the largest of the given pixel in the image series. Judging subjective diagnostic qualities is always difficult. So how did you evaluate the subjective diagnostic um, opinion of the experts? Well, we asked two vascular surgeons and two interventional radiologists with at least four years of experience in their field to perform a blinded randomized evaluation of the angiographic images. Two comparisons were made. Firstly, the post-processed DVA images and the DSA images were compared. Secondly, the evaluators uh, rated the generated images individually and randomly using the, so the previously mentioned five-grade scale with clear descriptions for each grade, namely one meaning poor image quality that is unsuitable for diagno diagnosis, all the way to five meaning outstanding image, outstanding image quality that is rich in detail compared uh, with everyday routine, uh, further supporting decision-making. Oh, thank you. Um, the image quality may depend a lot on the regions and on the thickness of the patient in that region. 
So how did you break this down? In what regions did you assay image quality? The angiographic images covered six standard regions in soft thoracic and aortography and lower limb angiography, abdominal, iliac, femoral, popliteal, crural, and phallo regions. There was one twist though um, that the reader of the publication might notice. Because of the relatively low number of images, regions were merged into three groups. The abdominal and iliac region was one group, the femoral and popliteal, so the femoral popliteal region was another group, and the crural and thalor region was also another third group. And the data were processed according to this classification. This way, anatomical consistency was maintained and the number of elements were sufficient for statistical evaluation. So thank you for the convincing details. This sounds like a well-planned experiment. Um, what was the outcome of the comparison of DSA and DVA images? Do you see any difference or um, difference in different regions? Well, when it came to comparing contrast to noise ratios, so the objective image quality, DVA provided higher values in all anatomical regions, regardless of the angiography system or the DSA calculation method. In the publication, a side-by-side -side comparison of the three generated image, side, image types, namely the DVA, the SUM-DSA, and the MAX-DSA, clearly demonstrates the differences between the image processing methods and the superiority of DVA. As we are unaware of the exact calculation methods of different angiography systems, we can only make assumptions based on the visual comparison of the DSA images to the post-processed DSA images of the Siemens and the GE systems. This comparison revealed that the post-processed DSA of Siemens is closer in appearance to the max DSA images, whereas the GE post-processed DSA is more like the sum DSA images. Results have shown the DVA provided similar contrast to noise ratio improvement regardless of the image acquisition protocol and instrument. Therefore, we concluded that the image quality enhancement is independent of these factors. The subjective comparison of the images shown that the evaluators prefer DVA images in all regions. Evaluators judged the DVA images better in a convincing 85% of all image pairs. And the overall integrate iterator agreement was 89% and highly significant. When we looked at the results in a greater detail, we found that there are some differences between anatomical regions, also depending on the angiography system that was used for image acquisition. The interrater agreement of DVA superiority was significant for the femoropopliteal and talocrural regions with the GE system and for the abdominal iliac and femoropopliteal regions with the Siemens system. If anyone is interested about the results in greater detail, there are several comparative tables and figures available in the publication that is accessible in volume 54, issue 7 of the Journal of Investigative Radiology. In a nutshell, the outcome was positive and convincing. DVA outperformed DSA both in the subjective and the objective image quality comparison with convincing advantage over the gold standard method. Thank you for the detailed explanation. So this sounds like CO2 users should really consider using DVA to improve their image quality and um, have easier life uh, in the Cartesian lab. Um, you participated in the first implementation of the DVA combined with CO2 in the catheter labs, and um, you already explained your experience. How did the story of using CO2 continue? 
Yes, as you mentioned, I had the opportunity to observe the evolution of implementing the technique from the very first steps. I really enjoyed having the opportunity to interact with all the participants in the process, from describing the necessity of the study to the patients, when signing the informed consent forms, or collecting data from the image acquisition systems, all the way to summarizing data from the study and discussing necessary steps with software developers at Kinofit to improve the software that is utilizing the DBA calculation. At first, the DVA was only available as a post-processed image outside the catheter lab. But as integration into the system proceeded and DVA images were on the screen in the cat lab, the image quality advantage was getting more and more exploitable in the everyday practice. Okay, yes, and um, DVA now is available on, on the catheter lab on the main screen. Victor, it was very nice working with you together um, on, in this um, study. I. Um, and as a physicist, I worked, of course, on the algorithm development, and it was very exciting for me to get an insight in this very interesting world of the um, clinical work and the life of the clinicians. I'm wondering, how did you feel about this and what, what was maybe interesting for you, something new, who made most of the clinical studies? It was definitely a very interesting and exciting process especially as you mentioned, coming from the clinical practice, I had absolutely no insight in software development and the theoretical background of medical imaging, apart from learning about the very basics in medical school. During my years as a clinical research and development scientist at Kinefect, I had the opportunity to observe and participate in the evolution of this image processing method all the way from the cat lab to the software developers and vice versa. It was interesting to see how ideas and feedback from the cat lab supported the development of the user interface and how new research ideas developed into clinical trials. It was a rich and inspiring period from which I learned a lot. And I am very happy that I had the opportunity to assist in making DVA a viable tool in the interventional practice. Um, so what do you anticipate for the future? Well, I am a great enthusiast of medical imaging research. And I think that it is a very interesting field with a lot of creative potential, and there is plenty of room for improving efficacy and safety in the field. I believe that such convincing results will encourage further in-depth research in the capabilities of DBA, potentially expanding the scope and improving the diagnostic capabilities of CO2 application in other previously mentioned fields, such as venography or bleeding detection. From a practical point of view, I also believe that the convincing performance of DVA will encourage further optimization of angiography system to carbon dioxide angiography and better integration of DVA into the image acquisition protocols, therefore assisting the widespread use of CO2 as a contrast agent and providing safety for the vulnerable patient population. You said that the replacement of the iodinated contrast agents with CO2 is only possible below the diaphragm. A decreased use of the contrast agent would be often desirable in interventions of the carotid or of the blood vessels of the brain. You are the first author of a paper that was published in December 2020 in the European Journal of Radiology Open. The study aims the reduction of the amount of the iodinated contrast agent in these carotid interventions. So what is the main idea of this study? Well, the main idea of the study was to investigate whether the previously mentioned significant quality reserve of DVA could be converted to iodinated contrast agent reduction. In order to do so, in order to investigate this idea, we compared the image quality of DSA and DVA images and videos that were obtained during carotid percutaneous transluminal angioplasty interventions, utilizing both the standard volume and low-dose volume bolus injection protocol. 
I see. I see. So what patient groups were targeted? Uh, 26 patients undergoing carotid percutaneous transluminal angioplasty were enrolled at the Bankiskun County Hospital in the beautiful town of Kecskemét, Hungary, where I used to work back then. The inclusion criteria, criterion was the specialist referral for the procedure and the glomerular filtration rate over 60 milliliters per minute. The exclusion criteria were severe heart to respiratory failure, glomerular filtration rate, or known iodine sensitivity or allergy. We stopped the patient enrollment when we reached the desired number of 26 patients, which was a recommendation by the FDA for image quality assessment trials. And as I mentioned before, um, patients were scheduled for the intervention independently from our study, based on the opinion of a referring vascular surgeon, angiologist, or neurologist. So how were these measurements carried out then? An automated contrast injector was used for contrast injection. And the standard injection protocol was a six milliliter bolus of the lone osmolarity iobitridone non-ionic uh, water soluble contrast agent with half second rise time and half and three milliliter per second flow. After the 14 patients, the uh, first 14 patients were included in the study and the image quality advantage of DVA was verified. We started using a low-dose protocol with a 3 milliliter bolus of the same contrast agent with a 0.2 second rise time and the same flow. Depending on the injected amount of contrast agent during the intervention, either one of the controlled uh, angiograms or both of them were performed with the standard and the low-dose protocol. This way, we were able to obtain 19 images with low-dose protocol. Regarding patient safety and research ethical standards, I find it very important to emphasize that no patient received more than 100 milliliter of contrast agent throughout the whole procedure, including the low-dose protocol images, and the procedures were done and observed by an interventionist with professional experience of over 15 years. It's very important to maintain um, image quality, though, and um, it's important for the essay how, how you quantify image quality. So how did you do that in this study? Well, we used the same paradigm as in our previous studies. We measured contrast to noise ratio as an objective quality assessment and visual evaluation by specialists as a subjective measure. How did you perform the pairwise comparison of these images? In order to verify the usefulness of reduced bolus protocol in the clinical practice, the quality of 100% uh, bolus, so the 6 milliliter bolus ionic contrast media DSA videos com were compared to that of the half dose protocol DVA videos. Uh, we obtained 19 pairs of those videos taken from the same patient and the same alignment. The raters had to select the better video in a randomized blinded manner from runs by answering the following question, which video is more suitable for diagnostic examination? So getting the um, perceived image um, quality from experts is very important, but I can see that you used other tools as well in your study. You used mathematical um, contrast to noise ratio, so a mathematical tool. So how did this work? Well, as previously, vascular and perivascular regions of interest were selected manually, and the signal-to-noise ratio was calculated based on 3,074 selected regions of interest on the 124 image pairs. Then, a ratio of the signal-to-noise ratio or contrast-to-noise ratio of DVA and DSA was determined to characterize the quality difference between the images, and because we saw an asymmetric distribution of values, uh, medians were used for the statistical description of these data sets. 
it's slightly more difficult to evaluate usually the subjective um, opinion of people. So how did you evaluate the subjective diagnostic quality of these images? Each image was evaluated once by every rater participating in the individual image quality evaluation. 246 images, so 123 DVA and 133 DSA images were evaluated by five evaluators with at least five years of experience. Uh, and the images were rated according to the same five grade rating scale, as it was mentioned in the uh, carbon dioxide study. One meaning poor image quality unsuitable for diagnosis to five meaning under outstanding image quality, much richer in details compared to the everyday routine. To address the quality and clinical usefulness of the low-dose protocol DVA, uh, 19 pairs uh, of the 100% contrast media DSA images and 50% uh, uh, contrast media DVA image runs taken from the same patients and directions were compared in a randomized and blinded manner. Okay, so you made a quite deep study. Then um, the last question is, what did you find? So what was the outcome of this comparison between DSA and DVA? Yeah, well, DVA provided consistently higher uh, contrast to noise ratio values than DSA. The ratio of DVA to DSA contrast to noise ratio was 2.06 when comparing the standard protocol. Therefore, there was a twofold increase in contrast to noise ratio in DVA images. While the same ratio was 2.25 when comparing the low dose protocol, therefore a slightly more than, two, than twofold uh, contrast to noise ratio increase was seen when using DVA. The DVA uh, 100 score, that was the score uh, that was seen on the 100% uh, um, of the original uh, contrast dose and the DVA images was significantly higher than that of the DSA score. And uh, the DVA score of the low dose protocol was also significantly higher than the DSA uh, low dose protocol. Therefore, we confidently concluded that the DVA outperformed DSA in all comparisons. What is also important to emphasize that we saw that while the low dose protocol significantly decreased the DSA 50 score, it had little to no effect on the DVA 50 score, so the low dose DVA score. Moreover, it was statistically not different from the DVA 100, so the full dose protocol score of the DVA. I would like to emphasize the finding that there was no statistical difference between the DVA 50 and the DSA 100 score. In direct comparison of the corresponding mean scores obtained from the same patients, 68% of the DVA 50 scores was higher than the corresponding DSA 100 score, meaning that in a notable proportion of the DVA 50 images, they were rated higher and more useful uh, for diagnosis than that of the full dose DSA runs. So if I understand correctly, um, your recommendation would be to use half of the amount of the contrast agent and DVA rather than just using DSA and the 100% of the contrast agent. Um, this sounds like a very substantial reduction in the contrast agent use. What do you foresee for the future in this respect? I think that these very convincing positive results provide a solid basis for a prospective multicenter study with a high number of patients to further validate our findings. Our data also suggests that the refinement of contrast injection protocols could result in further iodinated contrast media reduction. The verification of this assumption requires further systematic research in the area. I also find it very important to mention that using an optimized imaging protocol combined with a better suited angiography system, for example, a biplanar system, is likely providing an even greater effect on contrast media and radiation reduction. 
And I may be repeating myself, but this pilot study also confirmed that further research is needed and justified to investigate how the quality reserve of DPA can be used to lower not only the contrast dose, but also the radiation dose. But I know that the team has recently published an article about this in Nature Scientific Reports, and I am sure you will host a discussion about that later on in this podcast series. Thank you to all our listeners for joining us today. And a big thank to Victor for sharing your insight and wisdom with us. As always, if anyone has any, any questions, thoughts, or comments about the things we have discussed in today's podcast, be sure to get in touch with us. Looking forward to catching you all next time when we welcome another inspirational guest to the Kinepic Knowledge Base podcast. Thank you very much, Savoj, for the opportunity. It was great talking with you. I'm very much looking forward to the upcoming results of your ongoing and future clinical studies and wishing all the best to you and the whole team. Bye-bye. Goodbye.